Hi, everybody, and a very pleasant good day to you, wherever you may be. My name is Jacob Norling, and welcome to my podcast next year. I am a senior play-by-play broadcaster at Westmont College, and for me, getting a front-row seat to some of the greatest athletes that Westmont has to offer has inspired me to pursue a platform outside of broadcasting, which allows me to get more in-depth and more personal with in my opinion, some of Westmont's greatest protagonists. And with that, today, I get to sit down with a dear friend of mine, someone I consider one of Westmont's newest protagonists. So, without further ado, with Jameson Kruger, off we go with next year. All right, episode 12 of next year. Here I am with Jamie Kruger. Jamie, how we doing, man? Doing well. Yeah. Had it a, a really weird Sunday, yeah. considering we, we got rained out yesterday, but it was it was fun to play a little Sunday baseball. All right, a little small talk. We'll, we'll start there. How did you spend your Saturday when you didn't have baseball? Because first Saturday without baseball in a while, right? First Saturday without yeah. baseball. Well, I mean, winter break was was not too long ago, but, you know, not come to think of it, it has been already Months. a month. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun playing baseball. Um, Six days a week. Yeah. It's... It's been um, it's been kind of weird. My timing has been off. Just the the feel of the weeks uh, with a sprained ankle uh, a couple weeks ago. So so having that Saturday off was it honestly threw off my entire like timing of yeah. the week. I kept I kept saying on Saturday that it was Friday, and then one Saturday night hit, and I was planning for Sunday baseball. I Yesterday going... it felt like a Sunday to me the whole day. So weird. And because of that, I've actually felt a little lethargic today mm-hmm. because usually I have one day off and. That was yesterday for me instead of today. Mm-hmm. So I felt really lazy. So I'm happy we're doing this Sunday night yeah. so that I feel like I have a productive end of the week. Yeah. And something we're doing differently today because Jamie and I are both, or we like to tell ourselves, we're very quick on our feet. or not doing any outline. Usually I'll do this little sketch and we'll talk. That way the person I'm talking to feels comfortable. But Jamie said he feels comfortable. So you're going to have to bear with us. We might take a couple random turns here. Off the cuff. Yeah. I like that'll it. be fun. Because I got to live with Jamie actually last year to you know, just room and stuff. It was awesome. I got to live with him and Jack and in his room in VK, and that was a blast. And I got to have, like, a baseball buddy, and that was a good time. So tell me, let's talk a little Di- Giants-Dodgers right now. Tell yeah. me about being a Giants fan growing up. That was, like, an icebreaker for us in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It was, you know, for a long time it was rough. It was it was probably the only sport that I was really... Oh, well, you say it was rough for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. It was rough for a long time. Our drought was longer than yours. Not that it's a competition or anything. The way, the way I... Think about it with people my age. It's just in your lifetime. That's fair. That's like fair. when eighteen-year-old Cubs fans try to compare their drought with me, I'm like, you were born in like two thousand. That's real. Something. That is that is a very fair comparison. And being a child growing up, watching the Giants play and their best player being at certain points Moise Salou and <laughs> Aaron Wynn. Owen and Randy Wynn. Yeah. When we got Randy Wynn from the Red Sox after their opening, it was like, <laughs> we got Randy Wynn. We have an outfielder. Yeah. Like. It's it's no longer Lance Negro trying to pull <laughs> balls into the bay. Like it, it was an interesting interesting period. Um, tickets were real cheap, so I yeah. got to go to, to a good number of games. We didn't go to too many. Parents aren't huge sports fans. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I I always loved it. I would be in the backyard playing wiffle ball, pretending to be every single person up and down the lineup, trying oh, to copy yeah. stances, being each pitcher. Is there a specific stance that was your favorite? Because in mine, I do have. It's, the problem is, is that I used to hit, so I used to have a favorite stance. Yeah. But I've been a, a PO pitcher only. I haven't swung a bat in a <laughs> in a real baseball game since yeah. my senior year of high school. So for me, it was always there? Raphael for call. There's actually a story with that, and a random one, right? Okay. Because you think Nomar, yeah. Ethier, Camp, no, but it was yeah. for call when I was about eight years old. Huh. He used to like 
wiggle his fingers with the bat when he okay. would hit, and I thought that was the coolest thing. So I would have a small one of those, like a like figurine wooden bats, okay. and I'd be in my living room whittle, whittling my fingers. And the thing is, I didn't comprehend as an eight-year-old that when he begins to swing, he grabs the bat, yeah, he yeah. closes it, he stops whittling, and he just holds it and swings it through like a normal human being. Yes. So as an eight-year-old, I'm in my living room whittling my fingers, and I continue to wiggle them as I swing, it goes flying out of my hands. There was a hole in our wall for about two or three years. It was so small. It was yeah. what was the point of fixing it? Now, now it's all covered up. But it was there for a while. And I, I had, mean, it's more worth the story than yeah, exactly. The and I had like my infant sister in there. Man, my mom was not happy because I went mm. flying past her. Mm-hmm. And like they had been telling me for months and years before that, before even ha- I even had a sister, they're like, "No, you're gonna hurt somebody. Someone's gonna be in the room, and you're gonna let go." And I was like, "No." And I don't blame myself or I blame Raphael for call. Yeah, for call. That's his stance. Bad, I mean, the bad example that he set. It is. No, that's fair. That's um, a very accurate assessment of the situation. Yeah. I have to say. Yeah. All right. So, take me chronologically your path with baseball. Then, from your childhood, I guess, what made you first fall in love with it? I've asked you this before, but from yeah, from your eyes, tell the story. Yeah. The, oh, I mean, <laughs> before I even have memories, I have a baseball in my hand. Mm-hmm. I I know that for a fact because. You can speak up. Okay, okay. Um, it's just, it's, it's bouncing off this back end. Which, gotcha. I hear it. Um, yeah, I I don't have a time in my life where I, I don't remember throwing a baseball, swinging a baseball bat, playing with the ball in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, so my sister played Little League, um, six years older than I, not seven or eight. My bad. All good. I thought, All good. As soon as you said that, I knew you were going to correct me. Yeah. Yep. Had to. Um, and just, I mean, she's an incredible athlete in her own right. So, so watching her, that was a great person to be like, oh, that's like you, like being good at this sport is like fun. And so I would always try to, you know, one up her, of course, little, little brother syndrome. Um, so she threw really hard as a, like a 12 year old as a 12 year old, she threw 75 miles an hour. Oh, wow. Like, wow. Yeah. I don't think I've ever thrown 75. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a boy, like, even if you're throwing that hard yeah. in Little League, like that's really hard. And she was a girl. So it was like really special. Yeah. And so I was always like, oh, I gotta throw hard too. Like I gotta try. So I've I was trying to pitch and throw the ball ever since I was you know six, seven. You know before they were allowing pitchers, I was like, yeah. can I just please throw? Oh, I know. Yeah. Like for being me being a baseball fan, I hated those two, three years playing with like a pitching machine and a t-ball. Like mm-hmm. I knew then like this isn't baseball. Mm-mm. I'm a kid and mm-hmm. I don't want to be a kid. Yeah. Like as soon as we started throwing to each other, you know, I, I went through the afraid of the ball phase, but I'd much rather be afraid of the ball and go over four than hit off a tee. Yeah. And I understand it's a progression that, like, you got to do, you know, tea work, but it's, it is tiresome. Um, but, you know, <laughs> it's for it's for the kids who aren't so good at baseball. Yeah. So that's fine. All right. So take me through, let's say, high school age, late high school, okay. or even maybe before then. When do you realize you are good enough to play at a higher level? The first time I realized I was good enough was going into Little League. Mm-hmm. I think before that it was just baseball. Yeah. You know, it was double A. I was playing with my friends, whatever else it was all fine and dandy and fun but then the little league there was like coaches talking to me being like hey like are you gonna be like in little league this year instead of because i was i was like right on the cusp where i could have been older and i went and my funny story my middle school principal uh ray dolly uh wonderful man um was a coach for one of the teams and i was supposed to be on his team and he went well like before you move up are you are you sure and like my parents were like we think he's ready and i was like Right. And he was like, yeah. all right, let's just see something. And he like did like two soft tosses, and I hit them into a fence and two swings. And he went, yeah, no, you're, <laughs> oh, you're a kid. Bad. He was like, I was like, 
cool, thanks. Okay. Um, and then went to Pete's Harbor. Very fond memories there. Mm. Got to play school. Actually, some, some people who ended up being pretty good at baseball throughout high school. Nobody who played after that, though. Um, and, yeah, we won our, like, city championship thing two years in a row. I, I pitched and hit quite a bit, and being being young and doing that was was unique. So I think I think it was probably nine or ten, maybe nine when I was like, okay, right. um, I can do this. Right on. Okay, yeah. so I'm a transfer just like yourself. So like mm-hmm. I always love a good transfer story. I ask everybody how they got to Westmont. For you, I know it's a little more complicated. Huh. So yeah, it's a it's a little roundabout. Yeah. So take me through you know an end of high school to where you went to where you went to where you are. Yeah. Okay, so from high school I. Committed to Cal Poly, um, slow my junior year around winter break, um, because of a pitching coach there named Thomas Eager, who is currently at Stanford, a very accomplished pitching coach. He's a great dude. Um, and then after high school ended, uh, I went to a small high school. Well, a small sports high school. It had plenty of people, but we were not we were not competitive yeah. in most sports. Um, and so I was very, very unprepared to play at the next level um, and was quickly met with that realization. <laughs> it took me all of, you know, three weeks before I was like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh-oh. Um, so then I dropped out of college. That was a good time. It was, it was a terrible, terrible time. Yeah. And it was very difficult for me, but I think it's led to a lot of growth as a person. And um, yeah, I don't regret that happening at all. I took the rest of that year off, mm-hmm. so like a pseudo gap year, and then I ended up at a junior college, the College of San Mateo, Bulldogs, love them for life. It was, transformational is thrown around a lot, but for me, it like really, it really was transformational. Who I was when I got there versus who I was when I left and who I am now, I am so heavily influenced by my time there and so thankful to have landed there um that you know I love Westmont but I think I think a lot of my baseball identity will be forever tied up in being you know a San Mateo Bulldog um and my connection to Westmont did not actually come through oh there was Jarrett Costa who is a Westmont alum um who worked there so that was the first time I heard the name Westmont College yeah. it was not really on my radar I knew of it um a local pitching guy, Nick Sinziri, is how I got connected to Tony Kagul, the pitching former pitching coach yeah. um, at Westmont. And uh, let's see, I talked to him one time, didn't talk for like uh, eight months. And then the recruiting process speeds up a lot after the junior college season ends. And, you know, all of a sudden I'm filling out an application for. Yeah. A Christian liberal arts college in the NAIA, which you know could not have told me I was going to be doing even three months before I was, let alone coming out of high school. Um, and yeah, I absolutely love it. Completely, it's been a blessing to be here. Really, truly. Yeah. Wow. That is winding. It is. Yeah. It is roundabout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three uh-huh. stops. Three stops. The the four two four route is not a quick one. Yeah. All right, so talk me through your first semester plus here. Let's talk just student-wise mm. how it is. We don't got, have to get into academics. Right, you, you and me both, baseball <laughs> first. So I am student, but, student yeah. athletes are student athletes, but I have, I have prioritized athletics first. Um, just transition-wise, just away from home, how is it, you know? It's been good. Fortunately, I got 
you know, a practice run of sorts. Last year with junior college, I lived in an apartment with teammates. I wanted to, to have that experience. Um, and it has been, <laughs> funny enough, I don't live with teammates on campus here, yeah. but um, we are in the same vicinity enough that it, you know, it feels like it. Um, and so being away from home, a lot of it's been alleviated by the DC, honestly. I mean, cooking takes up so much time. When yeah. you're an athlete, you need to eat and eat and eat some more. Um, so that's helped. I've been very fortunate to live with, you mentioned Jack, my roommate, um, is is another another great person. Westmont seems to be crawling with great people. Yeah. So <laughs> um, that's been, it's been less difficult than I thought, yeah. socially and culturally. I, I imagined a Christian liberal arts school to be quite different yeah. from my life before, but I've, I have found it to actually be really, really enjoyable and, you know, it's, it's induced growth, I think. Mm -hmm. It has not been, chal not challenging is not the wrong word, but not, very specific word, I'm sure it'll come to me at some point. been a good point. growth, hasn't been a negative exactly. growing pain. Exactly. No trials and tribulations, just... Well, definitely trials and tribulations, but all, all with. I'll I'll use Cal Poly as the counter of, of that was really really good for me, but the process of growing was just painful, mm -hmm. just really felt like it was. I don't want to be doing this, and then you know, eventually, I in hindsight, I was like, oh, I'm really thankful for the, for that. Whereas currently, I'm thankful for the process of growth that's happening here. So, so it's it's awesome. All right, well, we'll jump into. Now baseball in general, I guess I want to talk about off-field stuff a little bit just to kind of paint the picture of you still. Who are you getting closest to, most comfortable to, pitching staff-wise, just teammate-wise, coaching-wise? Baseball. Talk baseball. about it, yeah. Um, off the field, honestly, Zach Mendez is uh, an incredible, incredible dude. He's a philosophy major and English major, so he is also of the ilk that likes to to uh, <laughs> philosophize mm -hmm. and speak and be really engaged in conversation. So I've gotten I've gotten close with him off the field. Um, on the field, obviously I love everybody. Um, the staff and physician guys tend to spend a lot of time apart. So physician guys definitely definitely been slower to to connect with and become friends with. Uh, recently, I've actually. Started talking way more to, to seniors, Drew Bayard and Isaiah Leach and, uh, and Garcia. God, Nick. So weird. Nobody calls him Nick. Oh, um, oh it's because it's Taylor. Oh, my gosh. Oof. Brutal. Bad. Feels oh, bad, Taylor, man. No way Taylor listens to the oh, podcast. Man. Nick, so you're good. Nick Garcia at Chapman University. If Oof, you hear bad. this, you've been shouted out. <laughs> I wasn't going to correct you. <laughs> I was going to let it fly because I, I had heard you say it, and I was like, ooh, there's no Nick Garcia is a baseball talk. player from, from the past that I've played with who's now a pitcher at Chapman, but Taylor Garcia, <laughs> Tay from the Zay and Tay podcast. Yeah, they're a friend of the podcast, yeah. Um, they've, they're mentors and you know they might be the same age as me but having been at Westmont for four years yeah. being able to to be those figures to be like hey you're part of this team you're here you're you're in it and we're all for each other is has been great yeah all right let's go on the field how have you felt or I guess what was the grind like because I, I asked the baseball guys this but you guys practice all fall long literally as much if not more than the fall sports themselves it does. It so, does feel like that sometimes. So, like, like what, what was that like on the field, and then transitioning to the spring, finally getting on the field? 
I mean, baseball is baseball is a grind. It is at every level. It, you know, as somebody who has aspirations in baseball, I I relish that. I yeah. love being there. I mean, if I could spend eight hours a day on a baseball field, that would probably be a little bit too much. I'd probably find myself being like, well, I'm just out here. But you know, it's being out there with your guys and refining your craft and working towards a common goal, it doesn't, for me at least, it doesn't feel like a grind. Yeah. It's it's time consuming, but it is so worth it. And it's, you know, I've never left a baseball field being like, whew, that felt like such a long day. Yeah. Damn, I, whew. So I was like, yeah, that was great. That was, that was awesome. I feel you. From a, from a fan standpoint, obviously, you know, I stopped playing after high school and I, I relate to that. It never felt old to me. But from a fan standpoint, I have this weird thing to where the longer a game goes into extra innings, mm-hmm. the more I don't want it to end. Wow. Like, especially, like, so I'll give you an example. I was abroad during the 18-inning uh, World Series game, okay. game three. Yeah. And that was super special for me because I didn't want it to end, and it didn't end until 9 in the morning there. It start, started at 1 a.m. I wasn't going to miss a single pitch. Oh, so man. I, I stayed up and I watched the whole thing. But, like, <laughs> We were about to lose it in the 13th, I believe, before yep. Puig tied it up. But that was stressful for me. So, like, some them tying it and then playing for another two, two and a half hours, that was a gift. And then yeah. here back home when, like, games start at 7 and then 10 p.m., you realize it's going into extras. I live for those 14, 15-inning games that people are trying to eradicate right now with maybe changing extra inning rules. But baseball, for the people that love it, I don't think it does get old. No. So obviously, I love a good walk-off home run, mm-hmm. like, at the end of it. But if baseball games could go forever I would keep on watching like I have such like a love-hate relationship with the ninth inning of a game like I was just watching spring training games today yeah and like it's such a nice thing to just sit back in and watch a baseball game and like, I don't want it to end but you know by the eighth and ninth inning in spring training games you've got kids that the broadcasters don't even know who they are yeah but just yeah. seeing professionals go at it it's it's awesome it is it is definitely a, a different experience than <laughs> than most other sports yeah <laughs> you cannot play the clock Mm-mm. not even a little bit yeah speaking of which like a couple days ago you guys come back down four runs in extra innings in the 10th and i think that's one of the reasons i love baseball like that because you know in overtime or yeah overtime i don't know what else i was gonna say other sports just have overtime they don't have special words like extra innings you know in basketball if a team goes on a 10-0 run you don't have time to make it up in football if you score a touchdown you win mm-hmm. you know soccer golden goal in the neia for baseball mm-hmm. you can get punched in the mouth and on, not only on the ropes, but probably down on the mat with the count against you. And be able to grind out at-bats and score five runs in the ninth. All I believe finally all of them were with two outs when they I look were. back at it. Indeed, was they were. Unbelievable. It what was, was that like from the dugout for you? I wasn't in the dugout. I oh, getting, you were warming up, huh? throw for the next Wow, game. yeah. I get, so. Wow, how do you lock back in after that then? Dang. <laughs> so, so Wait, did you charge the field or did you stay in the bullpen? No, no I had to throw because... Uh, so in that situation, our games we have a you know we either start at eh, well we we only start thirty minutes after mm-hmm. the end of the first game, and so I'm just I'm trying to time out how long yeah. an inning's gonna take how like the flow of the game what you know what reliever is in uh, what the umpire is like what the other team's bats are like what the score is you know all of that comes into play and it's it's different I, junior college is we only play one game a day so it's mm-hmm. just you know you get ready to start and you. You know what time the game's going to get yeah. going, and that's what time you go. 
like this. This was my first experience with the extra Shoot, innings yeah. and the, the stress and the, oh man, do I get going right now? Like, you know, do I do it? Do I do it now? And then if I need to do it again, I, I could, but I don't really want to do that. I also don't want to be rushed. And so, so weighing those things and, and being able to ask guys like Justin Sanders and Corey Dawson, um, you know, relievers have some you know, level of knowledge of, of that, but it's, I wanted to ask guys who had done it last year, um, specifically. And they were just like, yo, you need to just do what you need to do, like stay loose, stay ready. Yeah. And then honestly, the, the key was being able to get ready in those 30 minutes. Yeah. Cause you know, we have two outs and all of a sudden I'm like, you know, one more pitch and I, I gotta go. Yeah, and the then, clock starts, yeah. And so, you know. And that 10th inning lasted probably a half hour on its own. The bottom half with pitching changes and walks and eight pitch at bats. Yeah, we were looking, wow. I was in the bullpen with, there were a couple guys in there, and I was looking around, and I was like, "Is it just me, or has this ninth inning been going on for like forty-five minutes?" And they were like, "Yeah, I think, I think you're actually right. Like, I yeah. think the ninth and tenth have yeah. actually been about forty-five mm-hmm. minutes to an hour." And I was Both like, oh. of the game, yeah, mm-hmm. it was because with Corey pitching, even when he doesn't have his stuff, the game wizards by. We're we're pushing nine innings in an hour forty-five most of the time. Tempo yeah. is a beautiful thing, and and I mean, all of our starting pitching has it, and a lot of our bullpen has it too. Mm-hmm. It's usually the other team that gets in the way of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So speaking of. That game, you know, it was clearly tough for you to settle down after yeah, a little bit. that tenth inning game because all you did was throw a complete game shutout. <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know, when things work, they work. Yeah, yeah, and that was the best start you've turned in so far. You know, just numbers wise, I'm not being objective. Mm. Is what was that like for you? I think what eight Ks? Nine. Nine Ks. Okay, Nine. beg your pardon. All two good. walks, three walks, three, three walks. Still, okay. I can't get out of a game without walking. At least guys. two in each, every yeah. single game. Mm-hmm. It's the, it is my. Achilles seal, there is the word. Mm. It has always has been. I mean, I'm a guy who throws a fastball with a lot of movement. So and then a slider. And then a slider. And that's all. And that's it. And so, you know, at times, you know, if guys start to get on them, I gotta be a little bit a little bit nibbly. Maybe maybe I start rushing a little bit too much. I try to, you know, do some things to be a little tricky and all of a sudden I throw, you know, a four pitch walk. I work at a up tempo too and you know, I don't take the time to step back and be like, All right, you know, they throw a strike here, like it'll be fine. Um and so that is my, my final frontier of, of getting to be a, a consistent, high-quality starter is cutting out those walks. When you're successful on days like that Friday game, what's working for you? You know, what's your bread and butter? You know, Kershaw has his slider going on the back foot. He's set. If Max Scherzer has anything, he's fine. You know, like, you know Ken, Kenley's cutter has to move. You know, what's your, what's your thing? Yeah. Fortunately, the sinker's always moving. Mm. Fastball efficiency is when I'm having a good day. If I am in the zone with the fastball, I am usually a happy guy. I, I miss, I miss barrels. Um, I'm perfectly oh, fine wow, getting, yeah. I'm perfectly fine getting banged around the yard. Uh, that just usually doesn't happen because of the movement. Mm-hmm. People, guys will make contact, and it'll either be a foul ball or, or soft contact. Gotcha. So that's. I think what I've noticed in the times I've got to see whether it's on a stream or watching live, if you can spot your two-seamer inside to righties, mm-hmm. I think the both both sides don't stand a chance. Because mm-hmm. when you establish that and then tunnel the slider, it is tough. going outside, it's nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You gotta be able to get you gotta be able to get the hands inside to get to what my junior college coach called the black hole, which is the low inside mm-hmm. corner against right handers. And so to be able to get to that, and then yeah. if it breaks away, and then all of a sudden it's, mm-hmm. you know, you get some, you get some ugly twins. Yeah, you get guys ducking out on one that goes outside and they have to flail, and that's where the strikeouts come in. It's awesome. That is, that is the goal. Yeah, right on. And so if you are fortunate enough to, you know, make a buck playing baseball, mm-hmm. you think you'll develop a 
third pitch for the mix or because with, with your stuff right now you're mm. good eighth ninth inning guy with a two pitch mix a lot of closures are just fastball slider but you see yourself and want to be a starter going forward so yes, what sure. would that third pitch be in your mind has to be the changeup. yeah as a guy who throws a heavy sinking fastball you look at guys like kyle hendricks and kyle hendricks was i mean honestly he he really is a two-pitch guy being yeah. fastball changeup. Yeah. like it's amazing. I know. It's also, well, I saw the peak of it in 2016 against the Dodgers. Yeah, it's real good, real good. And Maddox too. Maddox was a ugh. Maddox is a, is an absolute legend who I wish I or really hope wishes the wrong word. Hope to one day be able to draw comparisons yeah. to. I want to be able to, you know, be living in the zone and drawing contact and being really, really efficient. That's that's what gets me going as a pitcher. Is if like you, know, you were close to the Maddox at one point too. I think. Although that's a seven-inning Maddox. It's not hey, the Maddox. I'm going to call it, 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 I'd still call it a Maddox. For those who don't know, a complete game at 90 pitches or less. And I think you, you were only a tick over 100, I believe, to end it. 102. 102? I came, yeah. I went out with 86. I went through six and 86. Right on. Okay, so if they would have been swinging early, that would have helped. Would have been cool. Yeah. But they're a smart baseball team, so they know yeah. that. Bummer. Yeah. yeah. Try to get, try to get to the pen, but. Exactly. Especially after Bailey's gone in Game One, if they can get to the pen in Game Two, things get dangerous. Because it can be dicey. Who knows who's coming in? It that really, point. it really can be dicey. I mean, you know, baseball's a funny game. We're on any given day, even a good pitcher. I mean, uh, it happened to us uh, in our midweek game. You know, Dante Polacelli, great pitcher, comes in, gets banged around the yard. Like it just happens. Like it's a guy who you don't expect that, that one, to happen to. That's a head scratcher for me. I think he has, aside from Beatty and Cody, when he's on, like you know, healthy. Mm-hmm. I think he has the best stuff out of the bullpen. And he, can, and he is, he can get lit up sometimes. Yeah. It's just baseball is weird. Like sometimes just seeing the bullpen and how good you guys as starters are, mm-hmm. it just that alone mentally lifts something for the for the offense. You it know? does feel like yeah. it. It certainly seems like there's a little spark of life when when guys get to the pen. That's true for every baseball team. So. Yeah. Let's go. Who on your team and then in the big leagues are your favorite pitchers to watch go to work? Ours is tough. Mm. Sitting behind home plate and keeping a chart is my job on off days, yep. and so I get to watch. I don't get to watch Corey from behind home plate very much. When I have, I love watching him pitch. But the most, oh god, it's such a it's a, it's a choice yeah, between the best pitcher and the best stuff. Yeah. And Corey Dawson has just done some incredible things this mm-hmm. season. I mean, he's a four pitch mix guy locating just everything, everything. Yeah. and it's just oh, it's great. You know who. He'll break you with a two-seam inside and then a slider away and then, like, flop a curveball or throw a fastball up in the zone and then drop a changeup on you, and you're like, oh, man, like, where do you go with this guy? And then Bailey Reed obviously comes in with a 94 up to 96-mile-an-hour yeah. fastball with the grossest slider I've ever seen in my whole life. I mean, you know, you could tell me it's coming, and I'm, I could be playing catch, and I'll still I'll miss it. I just won't catch it. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first guys I played catch with, and he did that to me. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, that's different. Um and so watching him pitch is is a, is a treat as well. Yeah, for me it's Justin because okay, like you know Corey has great stuff. So does Bailey. So do you. Mm-hmm. And not that Justin doesn't. Just I think Velo wise clearly has the least to work with, and true. makeup wise looks more like Marcus Stroman and Randy Johnson. Very true. So it's a blast because ERA is just a tick over one after today. I believe one point oh six at the end of today because yeah. they were unearned today. They were indeed unearned today. And also, I didn't get to see them today because, like I said, today was my off day, yeah. and I was enjoying watching spring training day baseball. So, well, yeah, tell me about the game today, and how did he look specifically? <sighs> Sander, our Sundays have been really, really interesting. Um, well, given, for the most part, you don't play on Sundays, that's why. <laughs> You're right. Very, very 
very true. Day twos. Our day twos. Our day twos. Games three and four for us have been the harder ones. Just straight up. They've been the harder games. We come out and win two on Friday, back-to-back weeks to open up GSAC. And so teams come out hungry on day two. And Sanders is a guy that he's an absolute bulldog. He's a competitor. And so he comes out and meets that fire. And, you know, he's, like you said, he's 85. He's 84, 85. Mm-hmm. To start the game, by the time it's the sixth or seventh, he might be 83, 82. Yeah. And he just goes out and he throws strikes and he attacks and he, he locates his off-speed stuff. He'll throw a, a slider and a curveball uh, and a changeup, just like just like Doss, but with a little less velo. He reminds me the most of Hendricks. Yeah. And Cubs fan, too, so I see it in him. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah, he's been just <laughs> thank God for him because yeah. otherwise we, we might not have – as good a record on Sundays. We have not been able to help our our freshmen out. So yeah. How many of the losses? Let's see. Ten and eight. No, eleven and eight now. Eleven and eight. I think four of those are Hump, Indeed. and he's throwing good too. Ryan Humphreys, the the freshman kid, just you know something happens. You know the offense, you know, just goes quiet. Coincidentally, that day gets zero run support, and the win loss record just doesn't look as good as the stuff is. Yeah, it's a bummer. You know, sometimes freshmen have to pay their dues. Yeah, even yeah if it's, I guess so. Even if it's not intentional, even <laughs> if it's at the mercy of the baseball gods. Yeah, it'll be all the more fortunate when all of a sudden every ball is bouncing his way three years from now. It's true. Uh, let's uh, let's yeah. hope for two weeks from now. Yeah, two weeks from now. Love we're rolling. Roll, we're playing this next weekend. Oh, uh, we're down at Masters. Right on. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, it's a big weekend for us. Yeah, they're my, they're they're my mental rival. I, okay. I went down there and I watched them play the soccer team that I always I also broadcast for. Yep. And I got into it with one of the players actually. I, really. I, I want to criminate myself on my own podcast because of that. The tensions were high, and then during basketball, they have a great team. They've mm-hmm. taken it to us twice now. Yeah. After last night and. Ah, taking it to us is a is a stretch. It was a five point loss last night. I mean, I put it this way: if like. We were up two when someone hit like a three-run walk-off home run against us. I think they have the right to say they took it to us. That's fair. That's, I would, no, that's good. Sorry, that's you're right. Taking no, you're vernaculars right. here, Jamie. Just I feel like with with like the heartbreaking loss at home. Were you there for that, or were you somewhere else? Okay, yes, I was. I think that was the most exhilarating basketball game I've ever seen at Westmont. Yeah. Like our bas- our basketball team was not good before you got here. Hmm. Like they were a, an afterthought. Our women's team has always been amazing. Yes. But our men's team has just been like, oh, the basketball guys. But you didn't see them as like. No. As, no for- for me, I see them as a team that started yeah, you know, 15-0 studs. on the year and yeah. like so ranked fourth nationally. That one-point loss against Masters just solidified the hate I ha- the distaste I have <laughs> for them. In case they need a broadcaster, I could keep my doors open. Hate is a strong word. Yeah. Hate is a strong word. Hate is only a word I will use for the Houston Astros. Currently. And Alex currently. Bregman, Josh Reddick specifically. Josh Reddick. Yeah, so when he was a Dodger in 2016, he didn't uh, do well. Yes. He came over in a trade that got us Rich Hill, who Dodger fans adored, because he played well. Of course. Josh Reddick didn't play well. Mm. So because of that, fans didn't cheer for him. Fans mm-hmm. would be in his ear. And mm-hmm. then he complained the next year. He said, it's going to be really nice to beat the Dodgers in the World Series because I'll get to shut those fans up that didn't cheer for me. And it's like, are you that soft? Are, are you that? You're a grown man making millions of dollars playing in the World Series, and you're sensitive to your home fans being mad because you hit 170 in a Dodgers uniform? Like, you don't get booed <laughs> if you're good. Just deal with it. Because it was funny. He was complaining about the same thing at uh, in Houston, actually, this last year or two, yeah. I believe it was. I don't think he's played particularly well. He hasn't played. The last place he's played well was Oakland. He hasn't been good. Yeah. He was, good he was great in Oakland. He was a beloved guy in Oakland, too. And then he since was. then, it's just gone downhill. And he's one of the more outspoken guys with this whole sign-stealing thing. 
trying to play like the underdog card. So it's been, mm. it's mm. been whatever. From a, so obviously, from my point of view, I'm gonna have my opinions because it changed my life. Obviously. From an outside point of view, what's that like for you? Just baseball, history of baseball has changed this off season, so it's weird. It's true. I the most succinct way I can put it is I do not think they are morally corrupt. Mm-hmm. I think that they got caught up in the desire to win, which mm-hmm. I think anybody who's an athlete or a competitor can respect. I mean, there is the saying of, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Yeah. I'm not in full agreement with that. Would you, did you grow up watching Barry Bonds? Were you a fan? Yeah. <laughs> I do I do think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I think the asterisk is well, well deserved. I don't think. It should be mentioned that he was, his play was enhanced. Mm-hmm. I think he's an <laughs> he's yeah. a, a shoe in Hall of Famer. Of, he would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. One of the best hitters of all time. Without yeah. steroids. I think he was a product of his era. You know, if he's playing if he's playing today, he's probably not And, and I think steroids. that's what's different between these, because people compare the Astros stuff and, and the steroid era, but exactly everybody was on it. Everybody was doing it. Here, not everyone is mm-hmm. relaying live signs, and that's why I think it's different. Because I do think Barry, at least, probably, I, don't, I don't think, because last year's his last year on the ballot, I think yep. it'll wait till the Veterans Committee years from now, but I yep. think he will get in along with... Clemens and like I actually have a soft spot for Manny Ramirez too. I think he's one of the best hitters of the era. Exactly, and I will have my bias too if you get to have yours because of Manny would. But I think that this is just so different, and it's 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 tough to like. I'm curious what I would feel if it didn't happen to the Dodgers because for me, like I'm gonna off with their heads, like not actually, but off with their baseball heads, off with their off the ring. Yeah, off with cut off that ring finger. Exactly, it's frustrating. Um, Yeah, and I think you know what if someone was. Like it's life changing stuff. You know, you get beat around. You're never playing the big leagues again. It's happened to a few guys. That's yeah. true. I think I think he, I forget that guy's name. Mike Bolsinger. Mike Bolsinger specifically does does have a case mm-hmm. that like, yo, this really changed the course of my life. I am yeah. currently unemployed mm-hmm. because of it. Um, I, to say that not everybody was doing it is, I think, is accurate. I don't think every team was doing it, but I think there were a lot of teams doing it because it. it, it oh, wasn't, I don't think to this extent no. because. All, like, all of the, at least the big market teams, as far as, you know, I'll say Dodgers, Yankees, even Freddie Freeman, Mike Trout, like the, the best players have all been really given it to the Astros publicly. And if they're doing that, knowing they're cheaters, then they're the scum of the earth, too. That's right. But I, I think that they're respectable enough and smart enough guys that they wouldn't be as loud. I think the teams that are being quiet right now are probably the guys That's true. that are guilty. But That is that is a good assessment. You know what I mean? Is, yeah. I have not paid attention to who, who has been and who has not been a vocal. Uh, I don't want to say opponent, but anti-advocate of live sign stealing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think, it, and you know, and the, hard, the one of the hardest parts is it's not a clear violation of the rules. I mean, because you can steal signs, mm. that's allowed. Mm. You can take signs from second base and relay. And they said that there's no, you know, like technology involved, or I, I haven't read the bylaws of you know MLB baseball. Of course, t- technology has always been illegal. Yeah, like you can use it for you know just your at bats and whatnot, but using it to decode signs and then clearly giving the hitter the pitch that's coming—that's about as illegal as it gets. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, tough subject. Yeah, sad. It really is. It just it gets me in a bad mood. It is. I mean, I it came out. I mean, uh, John Boy on the, mm-hmm. the guy who initially brought it up. Yeah. I you know. I saw that video. I'm relatively plugged into baseball YouTube, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And then, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden, seven months later, we're still talking about it. Yeah, like, oh. Ken, Ken Rosenthal is the guy that broke the story a couple weeks after the World Series ended, and yeah. then it's just snowballed since. And like every week, something new comes out. Yeah. And then finally, this week, baseball has started, and I'm curious to see because the weird thing is, you know, no Astros players suspended, which makes sense to me. I get them. I get they have a union, 
mm-hmm. and that, that wouldn't work. But it is weird that the commissioner has said that anyone that throws at them intentionally will be suspended. And I think that's just where I get bugged a little bit with the mm-hmm. cheaters not being really punished at all minus losing their manager because you don't care about your GM. So they, they lose their guy, but players that retaliate will get much more of a punishment than... Yeah, that's true. The themselves, weird. The, di- the discouraging of throwing at guys yeah. in conjunction with no other punishment does feel a little bit like they got off scot-free. I guess I am just I am hoping for a little retribution during during spring training because I, I I've debated it with my dad and my fellow baseball friends that during the regular season putting the Astros on base is dumb. Don't help them win. Like you know their guys can rake. So when you do have to throw strikes, if you hit a guy or two. A three-run home run, it's actually pretty likely giving you raising the stakes. In spring training, those don't count. So let it eat. That's the way I see it. Give them nothing dangerous. I was going to say, as long as yeah, it's not a health I, issue. Exactly. You know, like, do you not know, hit guys in the thigh. Mm-hmm. You know, don't go for uh, ribs. Don't go for shoulders. Okay. Maybe Bregman. Maybe Bregman. Not maybe on Tuesday. Not a Bregman not, not a Bregman guy. I don't like the arrogance. I didn't That's like true. I'll put it this way. I, I, like, I didn't like the arrogance, but I liked to not like him. Kind of like Draymond Green in the NBA. Yeah. Big, like, he does. He does like, play the villain. He, he plays no the issue. villain. And I, 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 when Draymond leaves the NBA, I'll be sad because it'll be less fun. When Alex Bregman leaves Major League Baseball you know, a decade and a half from now, I will smile that day. I'll sit down. I'll celebrate. I just won't miss the guy. Yeah. And like the, 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 we'll go back to pitching on this one. One of the bugs me is... Not bugs me. I, I feel bad for him always, Verlander, because Verlander is a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the greatest pitchers ever, and got, just got dealt there, and yeah. now he's just in the middle of it. And you mm-hmm. can't, you know, like I, I get, you know, he can't get there in the middle of August and tell him to stop. He's not going to change the culture. He's just yeah, a guy. Exactly. So he's he's an incredible pitcher. Exactly. But he's still just, yeah, just a person. In, yeah. yeah. Wow. Ah, all right. What do you want? What do we want to talk about in our mm-hmm. final, you know, mm-hmm. handful of minutes here? I don't know what you got for me. You got any, uh, you know, like a little grab bag type of type of random questions? Oh, I like to ask people because one of the smart things I do with athletes that I podcast with in season, I try to ask them things that I can talk about on air too. Mm-hmm. So I'm also mm-hmm. doing my pregame homework course, right now. Of course. So just tell me one or two of your greatest baseball memories mm-hmm. from you playing throughout your life. You know, whether you were 10 or 15, 18 this year, everyone's got one or two. Yeah, that way you know a little insight to you and what you value. Yeah, you know what's funny is I don't, you know, playing at a high school that was not particularly competitive yeah. led to not a lot of positive memories. Yeah, though. exactly. I, I mean, we played we played one one meaningful playoff game. Mm-hmm. We played a CCS game. Gotcha. And it was me and a guy named Armand Saburi, who's at Berkeley, and we finished that game in one hour and two minutes. Seven inning game. Seven inning game in one hour and two minutes. The score was one to nothing. Goodness. I one hit them. <laughs> they one hit us. One hit I hit the one hit. Oh. I had the one hit. Was it a homer? No. They won. One oh, nothing. Oh, feels bad. Walk, sack bunt, pass ball, sack fly. Oh, feel, what inning? <laughs> the fourth. Oh, <laughs> you, you think you stole time there. Exactly. Like, okay, yeah. Exactly. And I was like, we're going to get this guy. No. Carved us. Gotcha. Carved us. I had I had like a squib single, and then the rest of our team was just. We had a we had a guy named Joseph King, who's who's also at Berkeley. Gotcha. Matter of fact, who was a freshman at that point and also incredibly talented, but still just a freshman. Gotcha. And so we <laughs> we did not have a lot of a lot of meaningful memories. Gotcha. So hopefully the best memories are yet to come. I I think I believe they are already Westmont. Oh my gosh. 
How could I forget? All right, here we go. CSM Baseball okay. last year, first first round of the playoffs. We are playing a three-game set with, um, gosh, what school is that? I really don't even remember what school we were playing against. But uh, a similar situation to um, the ten-inning game we just played. Um, where they go up, we've we've been up for the entire game. Mm-hmm. They go up by three in the top of the ninth on a couple of home runs. Mm-hmm. Our pen just gets absolutely lit up, and they are fired up. Their dugout is the loudest I've ever heard another team's dugout. We are like just deathly quiet, just mm-hmm. silent, and it feels like our season's about to be over. And then you know, baseball happens. And you know, there's a squib over the second baseman's head, and a gapper, and all of a sudden we have second and third, and no outs, down by three, and we're like, uh, oh, yeah, get somebody on, make it interesting, yeah, yeah. And um, we end up walking that game off, and it's it was the coolest moment I've ever had on a on a baseball field with a team in my whole life, being able to dogpile and celebrate the team. You know, obviously there's there was a guy Brett Corellis at CSM who threw a no hitter, and so we celebrated that, and that was awesome. But there's there's something about the rush of the field, yeah. Uh, the rush of the field of getting a win and moving on to the next round, and so, yeah. so I hope to have more experiences like that. Yeah, of course. Hopefully, be part of the first team to enter the World Series. That is the here hope. In West Long. That is. I mean, we have we have the pitching for yes, and, and the bats. That's why I actually I genuinely think it will happen. Yeah. Because, you know, let's be honest. Not the most talented NAIA team in the nation. No. Of course. Maybe even not the most talented in the GSAC. We'll see, but. Depends how you define talent. Exactly. When you know, it, you when got it comes down to it, down I think you guys might. I think you are the best team in the GSAC. I think you could end up being one of the best teams at the end of the year because if you have four starting pitchers that can go, mm-hmm. you got Cody McClain coming back. Yeah. You got Will Anderson in the pen. Yeah, like it's. You can even lose a game and still have room to breathe because what happened to the team last year in the opening round is they lose game one and starting pitching is it wasn't as top heavy. Depth, the depth yeah. wasn't there it at the was front end. Yeah, because yeah. you know, they have Corey and Justin doing their thing, and then Grant was able to bear down and throw a great game, but he was having a rough end of his season. Mm-hmm. But this year, I think just there's, there is some room for error, and I think with Corey, you, Justin, top there, we'll see what happens with Ryan maybe getting a dubber here. Hey, he's still fresh. He has yeah. a lot of room to go before the end of the season. Yeah. I think where he's at now, I mean, this goes for everybody. I don't, where we're at now is not where we're going to mm-hmm. end the season. We are a better team than our record suggests, yeah, and our I record's see, not yeah. bad. We played a strong mm-hmm. preseason schedule. Exactly, and you're six and two in the G sec. Yeah. You know, could be seven and one, could be eight and zero even. If you really could yeah. be eight and zero. Yeah, and really that's the thing. But like, I think that's what's exciting is you're not as good as you're going to be. Because mm-hmm. last year, you know, you weren't around, but the team started ridiculously well. Yeah, and they got to the third ranked team in the nation. Here, you guys are sitting middle of the pack in the top twenty five. But I think you're just going to get better. Isaiah and Taylor on their podcast. Before opening day, it said they believe they're going to be a second half team this year, and it's you know it's a, it's a weird thing to say. You're probably not going to succeed as well in the first half, but it's you'd much rather be a second half team. Yeah, so, not at the right time. Yeah, it'll be a good time. Literally, that's how all three of the Giants World Series happened. You know, the it's Dodgers true. have been the hottest team in baseball for about seven, eight years in a row now, and they haven't got it done. The Giants were teams that got into the postseason and you win it all, and that's that's baseball. And honestly, that's why it's beautiful. Like I, I don't resent baseball for being unpredictable. I think it's what makes it special. It is. It is indeed. Yeah, Giants were, uh, you know, last day of the season, they weren't in the playoffs. Yeah. Two two of the years that mm-hmm. they walked away with the three. Crazy. Hopefully we don't have to go through that level of stress. I think we'll... Uh, I'd put up with that level of stress if it ended with a ring. <laughs> Classic Dodgers fan. Yeah. 
Because for me, like, our last stressful game is like May. Yeah. Just because we're hoping someone breaks out of a slump and then they do and then they're hot until October 1st. Yeah. And then two or three guys are. And then the rest is history. Indeed it is. Yeah. All right. Any last comments? Anything you want the folks at home to know about Jamie Kruger before we go? I really, really like baseball. Yeah? I really, really, I love it. I'm glad. I love it. I want to, I want to do it for a long, long time. Yeah. Hopefully so. So I'm glad I got you on here early. Hopefully you're a kind of name that we can proudly claim as a Westmont alum further down the line. And I think that'll be the case. I wouldn't bother to have you on if I didn't. No, I'm just kidding. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you coming on. Appreciate all you've contributed to not only you know the best Westmont team but just to my year my final year here at Westmont so well thank you thank I you appreciate so much for having me yeah of course man so with Jamie Kruger on the next year podcast I am Jacob Norling and we're both wishing you a very pleasant good evening or day or morning whatever, whatever you may be yeah. talk to you next time